So, Austin, what do you want to do today? Well, Dennis, same thing we do every day, and that is not get you fired from Trinitas and not get my son kicked out of Trinitas. Because <laughs> that might happen on our first segment. I think I think we're going to be okay. But okay. the reason I – obviously the reason I say that is because we're going to dive right in. Dive, dive right in. The uh, Mr. Gilly, the one and only, great guy, has written a blog post to game or not to game. Yeah. And it's basically he gives uh, – Four reasons why another family, and he obviously, I think, approves. Yeah. But four reasons why a family chose not to basically have any video games as a part of their family lifestyle. Now, before we get into that, I want to know, Uh are you a gamer? A gamer. Well, um, that's an interesting question. Uh, As I define a gamer, I define a gamer as somebody who... Who really likes video games, who mm-hmm. understands the purpose of video games, yep, yep. and I would say even would use video games responsibly um, and and probably plays it quite a bit. Yeah, I think yeah, that's fair. Generally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and if that's the case, I am I am not as much of a gamer now as yeah. I was okay. like so th- back in the day. So there was a point in your life oh, with the yeah. Nintendo, I assume? Uh, Nintendo, um, uh, N64. Oh, Mario um, 64. Oh, man. It's still, to me, Mario 64 is still probably one of the best oh, games like ever made. It was revolutionary. Yeah. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. I w- it's terrifying for me to look at my accounts on like Team Fortress 2 or Left 4 Dead or Fortnite or, you know, any of these games I've played a fair bit of to see the total number of hours because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, it keeps track. So yeah. it reminds me just how much of a gamer I am. Yeah, yeah. There's scarcely a day that goes by that I don't play at least an hour. Okay. At least yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably more sometimes. And yeah. some days are going to be less, you know, yeah. when it's a really busy day or whatever. So, yeah, I would definitely put myself into the category of gamer. So now, here's the question. Yes. He wrote this blog article, mm-hmm. to game or not to game? Which I think is a clever, um, that is clever. you know, that's that's pretty clever. Yeah. 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 And he presents, uh, basically, he says three, but really there's four. Okay. There's four arguments, mm-hmm. or maybe not arguments, but reasons for why someone may want to consider either reducing screen time tremendously or mm. just getting rid of it altogether. Okay. All yeah. right. Can I just throw these out here? Absolutely. All right. And then I want to know, and then I, you know, I want to know what you think are the strongest okay. of these okay. and the weakest of these, and okay. then I, you know, I'll share my thoughts too. But the first one, he basically talks about this thing called. Just refresh rates with with the screen, basically. Refresh rate, okay. Yeah, he's just, basically, there's been apparently studies done that when you just are interacting a lot with these screens with the refresh rates, that it can basically lead to psychological problems like attention deficit disorder. Yeah. Okay, so that would be one. That would be one of them. Two, all right? Basically, this family wanted to create a culture of, Reading, they wanted more page time instead of screen uh, time. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They just, they just. If we don't have screens, yeah. then kids will be more likely to devote themselves to literature. Right. Okay. Right. That's good for education. Mm-hmm. Number three. Okay. So, basically, gaming. He says it's. 
it's unchristian in the sense that it isn't it isn't communal. There's no no community is being built. Right. And thus there is this tendency to focus on self. Self. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then number four. And this would be a, a, a common when a person hears this violence, right? Yeah, you the know, violence. Um, games like he says, like games like Fortnite, leads to gamers over time becoming less patient and more likely to depersonalize other human beings. Mm-hmm. That's a quote from some I can't remember some guy that he right. was quoting. So yeah. the idea is that if you're shooting other human beings on the screen, it right. just makes you. I don't know, numb or something. You're just more likely to depersonalize other human beings and right. and be aggressive and potentially act out in violence. So, right. There they are. There you are. The four yeah. golden reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let me begin by saying this. Mm-hmm. I as I read through it, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought to myself, you know, this this was a good article in the sense that this is a good conversational starter. Yes. Like if you just want to. Like yeah. I could see you sitting down with a friend yeah. and say, and you know, you playing your video games, yeah. and I said, "Hey, you know, I read an article recently on video games." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> like it talk, you know, it's like yeah. I could see it being a good conversational starter. Now, on the merits of the article, I will say this: yeah. number one, mm-hmm. I think it's the most persuasive. Number one, yes, like by far, ADHD. I think. I think that number one is most persuasive, and my reason for that is number one, anecdotal, mm-hmm. and number two, um, I, I would I would say you know by way of not explicit but implicit mm-hmm. um, scriptural. Okay. Okay. So so here's why I say number one is is most persuasive. But the rest, I don't think it are is as persuasive. Okay. Or I think that. Um, for instance, okay, before I get to the most persuasive, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do the un- okay. persuasive. Yeah, walk through these. Let's uh, take the let's take the bon- um the whole concept that you know if you're playing video games, you're not reading. I think yeah. that's a false dichotomy. So, I mean, there's a part of me that do- wants to say, if your aim in the home is to have your kids read more. It's more likely that they'll read more if they don't have screens. Yeah. That's, okay. I would grant that. Yeah. I think you would too. But you might be outside playing. You could be outside <laughs> playing. You, In fact, you could be doing almost anything. You, like, take out video games for a second and mm. put in outside playing. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And what if somebody says, well, I prevent my kids from going outside and playing because I want them to read more. Right. So, obviously, look, I do... On the second one, I do yeah. think there is some merit. If your goal mm-hmm. is to get your kids to have a nose in a book more, and you create a culture from their youth up where yeah. that is facilitated, right? Yeah, that that's probably going to happen more. I think I think that's fair to say. I mean, that's fair to say. But I, so I have I have a video game system in my home. Mm-hmm. I have a Nintendo, the retro, yeah, and then the Super NES retro. Yeah. And I I have a standard in my home, and it's this. My son will come to me and say, Dad, Dad, can I really want to – I really want to play Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Right? I said, sure, son. What's his favorite game? Um, I think he's a Mario guy. I think he's going into Mario Kart now. And with the Super NES, he loves Street Fighters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Come on. Like, you got to have it. But but my standard is, okay, if you want to play for 30 minutes Mm – you got to read for an hour. Oh, see, okay. You have a reward system. I have a reward system. Okay. 
And and now he'll he'll just sit down. He said, "Dad, I'm going to read now, hmm. and then I'm and like, and then I'm going to chorus, like I'm going to cash it, cash yeah, it, yeah, yeah. my screen time." Yeah. So I think uh, the reason why I say this one is probably unpersuasive is because I don't know if you necessarily want to pit one against right, the other right. because you know kids play sports. Right. If I want my kids to read more, why don't I just cut down on my on their sports time mm-hmm. or cut down on some like the point is if you want your kids to read more. Yes, if the logic is they'll have to cut out something else, that's fine. But that's not specific to video gaming. Mm-hmm. You will just automatically cut out whatever else. It doesn't have to be video games. Sure. So that's why I find this argument inherently right. unpersuasive. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think about the communal aspect? Again, this is unpersuasive because I play. We one of the things that we do is, if somebody wants to play a video game, I always say. Well, let's do it together. Let's set up a family time where we all do it together. Sure. Um, And I'm sure you play video games with your children if they're around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't... Between my son Ethan and I, this is our number one father-son activity. There you go. Number one. Yeah. We play Fortnite pretty much every day for at least an hour. Yeah. There you go. As a duo team. Yeah. But here, I have a a more fundamental problem with this one. Okay. Because the idea is that... I, I think this one's a howler. Like this okay. is this one's really bad. Okay, the communal one. And here's yeah. why: is bird watching communal? No. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's certain things that are inherently just right. Yeah, like yeah. who cares? Yeah. There's plenty of things in life. Yeah. You know, jogging. Yeah. It's not communal, yeah. but it's not unChristian. No. And nobody would ever think to make an argument against bird watching and jogging if you do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Yeah. You know, bird watchers are nerds. Of course, they're alone. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> what do they call them? Honor, honor, something, honor roll. Like that. it's just if he gives an O, I don't know. Anyway, oh uh, yeah, ornithopter watching. Yeah, yeah, ornithology. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shows how smart we are. We should have been reading instead of playing <laughs> yeah. video games. All right, so this last one I think is a howler as well. Okay. Howler. So, so just so I understand, so you're, the second argument, the third argument, which is it's not communal. I think it's a howler. You say it's a howler because you could envision tasks or games that are just one per singular specific, one person doing it yeah. that doesn't foster community between all. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Who, I mean, when does it become unchristian to do something by yourself? That's yeah. ab- that's absurd. That's that. I agree that that's absurd. And then I would also say my my sort of um, argument is, I mean, families play games together all the time, whether it's a right. board game or whatever, right. and you could play video games together. Right. On the flip side, yeah. it could be totally communal. Yes, it could be totally communal. Now, this one on violence. I think this is a howler. You think it's a howler? Absolutely. Now, I was going to say, the uh, I find one persuasive, but I find four to be halfway persuasive. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you why I think it's... Totally unpersuasive. Okay. I mean, I from an anecdotal standpoint, I've been playing games since I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say, and I've played every kind of game. Right. You name it. Okay. And I have never, as a result of playing any of these games, been able to detect in my own heart any increased inclination right. towards violence. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, one that isn't on this list, that ought to be on this list, because it's the number one reason is, but playing games will make me so angry at the game that I will get violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, yeah. I just got. I was thinking that like I have had situations where you're so angry, you play in the game like you throw yes or fight with your siblings. It doesn't or make like me that. desensitized to other human beings. Yeah. It just makes me want to smash controllers and punch screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which, absolutely. which they would probably say, oh, but that makes you an angry. Per-. No, because I'm mad at the game. Yeah, and it doesn't really. In my own life, that doesn't bleed out further. In other words, getting on the trampoline and wrestling with my brother could make me just as angry as playing a video Mario Kart and getting beat by I, him. Absolutely. It, there's really no fun. Because there's difference. an internal sinful mechanism. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, here's why I would say this is partly persuasive, but not fully. Okay. You know, the Bible talks a lot about um, not setting anything before us that will make us sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think it was Job who said, I, you know, I, um, talking in reference to talking about his eyes, mm. you know, that he, he won't set anything before his eyes with mm. respect to a maid that, right. that would cause him to sin. Mm. And so the Bible does present a scenario, these various scenarios and warnings that we ought to be careful about what we put before ourselves because those things true. have an impact on us. That's true. And, and I think that. I think that that's a that's one way in which this rings true mm-hmm. that when you and I interact with something it could have an effect on us. Now I, I will say I will say this. What I often tell people is the reason why you mm-hmm. and and other people that I know that play um, that might play these games the reason why you you are not um impacted in the same way somebody else would be impacted is because you have a system yeah. around you right. that that can suppress or right. can put what you're watching into its proper context. Right. There's mental health around you. Yeah, this. and there's all sorts of other things that can come into play. So that's why I said in part yeah. the objection. And that's be, fair. But I, one thing I would say, though, I, I think it's a big mistake to put to even name because it was Fortnite was named. Yeah. Fortnite is the most nonviolent. Oh game. yeah, like I've seen. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I yes, you're shooting so. other people, but it's it's not like blood and guts. No, not it. Yeah. I mean, not even even slightly. So, it what it does is it weakens the argument to put a game like Mario Brother, like, ooh, you just smashed a turtle. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> no. no, you didn't no. just stomp on the head of a turtle, right? No, I mean, yeah. you did. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. It, yeah. Who cares? It's not that violent. Um, So, you know, he asks a question. So, yeah, I do think number one has a lot of merit. Yeah. I, I The more my children fixate on a screen, the more selfish and demanding usually Thank they you. become. And that, and it's one of those truths, right, where we where we say the truth is self evident. And not self evident in this in the sense that we normally mean it. Like like, you know, it's self evident meaning it just presents itself as true. Yeah. It's self evident because the denial of that mm. I think would be a denial of actual reality. Yeah. It be I think when you play and play and play and play, life becomes an interruption that then frustrates you. Exactly. Yeah. It it makes you have a bad attitude. And and I would say that this isn't, but this one isn't even game, gaming specific. Any kind of face sound, like if you're watching, if you have a, if you plop your kid in front of the television Mm -hmm. and you allow the television to raise your child. Yeah. The second you tell your child, hey, it's time to clean their room, they just lose it. Yeah. So it's video games. It's that. So you know, I I don't know if it's video game specific, but I would I would agree. I would grant humbly grant 
that whenever our children, whenever my children, I know my children mm. have has been exposed to screen time too much when I ask them to do something and mm. they lose the plot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is serious merit to that point. Yeah. And I think there's a serious caution to parents in general with screen time. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think we can have frivolity to the glory of God. Yes. Like, and I'm, we I'm all struggling need, with we that. We all though. need downtime. But but here's the thing, Austin. And I, you know, I know Mr. Gilly, and and I know his heart behind this. Oh, I do. Yeah. Um. Do yeah. But what I would say is, for me, for someone like me, I struggle with with the line, or I struggle with having godly frivolity, mm. like just mm. to be because I'm I'm one of those people. I tend to be given over. I I'm one of those people that tend to be guilty for being happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and see, I'm like the opposite. <laughs> I'm like aiming for hedonism at all yeah, times. Which isn't bad. I, I admire people that do that. But like if I have a moment where I'm happy, like I was around the table this morning and me and my family, we're just it was just a happy moment. We were yeah. like singing and playing around and we we're doing the stuff. And and I was happy and then immediately I thought Man, there are kids out there that are just not in a home like this. Oh, you know, man, and, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And like, or oh, there's there's man. a couple struggling with divorce that I know. I yeah. mean, no kids were involved in that. Yeah. But like, it's like I can't just be happy That's in the funny. moment. I can't even like, imagine that feeling. I struggle. I mean, and maybe the podcast isn't the best way <laughs> to talk about this. But I I truly struggle when I'm happy and when life is just God has given me a reprieve from the indwelling yeah. sin. Yeah. And I have no stress on me. I immediately, like that moment when I'm happy, I immediately think to myself of all the people that are not happy. Really? And That's yeah. so interesting. I just almost immediately it happens. Makes me feel really shallow all of a sudden. <laughs> no, it should. You should revel and glory <laughs> in that. But I just, I don't know. I, and I think, personally, I think it's sinful. Because I can't enjoy the good things right. that God has given like me. Like mourn with those who mourn yeah. and rejoice with those who rejoice. Rejoice. You right. know, it's like, man, it's just so rough. But but I think I think for me, I would be more on the side of agreement with the article simply because I struggle with having a framework hmm. of just being, of enjoying something. Sure. Like enjoying like a right. comedy show. Yeah. Right. And not thinking to myself, like, man, there are people that are just, they can't laugh or whatever. See, and for me, I find, I, I guess just personalities come with this differently because I, I spend, obviously, most of my day listening and stuff and thinking about things. Mm-hmm. And then if I come home and I spend that time, continue, and I usually do spend a, a bit of the evening still preparing a lesson or mm-hmm. thinking about something or wrestling with something. But if I do that for 14 hours in a day, my brain will give out on me mm. and I start feeling anxious and it's like my it's like my mind needs rest. Mm. So I need frivolity. Okay. I feel like at about about eight o'clock, I need to just transition. No more reading, Owen, no more reading, no more hearing about the news. I need to turn all the th- and sh- blow up people on Fortnite. <laughs> okay. All right. I need C4, yeah. and I need a guy making a big tower, and I need to see him fall to his death. Yeah. That's what I need. You know, and I can be like, son, you're such an awesome builder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> As a tear comes slowly down your It's eye. like, wow, you are such a better builder than I am. I'm so proud. Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Well, how about I leave you with the last word on this? What uh, what advice 
Hmm. Because obviously, I look I look at someone like you, and I would say, video gaming has not destroyed your ability to think clearly and rightly on 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 a whole number of issues. And 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 you you are a well adjusted person, and you've raised your children well. So tell us what advice coming from it from another the other perspective right. that you right. would command maybe a little bit of video gaming. What is the word to to somebody listening out there? It's a structure in your life, right? I mean, yeah. we we all need to we all have likes and dislikes. Some kids really like sports, mm-hmm. and so therefore we turn sports into this. Oh, think of all the lessons you can learn and the camaraderie. Okay, you really like it, so you're always going to look for the positives. Yeah, I could do all that with games too, but I'm I'm going to spare my aud- the audience. <laughs> you know, this justification. The point is, is I like to do it. But with anything, with wine or food or sex or anything else, yeah. you can do too much. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to have moderation. So for us, it's just been a trial and error of, okay, you've been playing. This is playing too much. You're getting an attitude. Or in my own life, if I start putting things on the shelf, you know, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. Or if it makes me snippy, yeah, I need to I need to carve it back. Yeah. And that's my tendency is to do make an idol out of games. Yeah. Yeah, All that's, my that's life. Good. You know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> maybe when we get to the book, the book of funks, I could throw <laughs> in one there. But I've often wondered to myself, uh-huh. can praying too much be a sin? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And I guess, and I guess, how you pray. You know, if you spend all day at home praying and not providing for your family, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I could know. imagine there's someone in great need right before you, like. You know, the Samaritan, mm. you know, and walking across the other dude and just being like, I- I'm just going to pray over here for yeah. like a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, so, no. I think no. God would say, um, act. <laughs> act right now. Right now. All right. You want to you wanna head to the other one? Yeah, let's transition. So we'll have a little pause here. Give our listeners some wonderful music. <laughs> All right, so Dennis, I've been noticing a trend, and this isn't a surprising new trend or anything like that. But as I listen to Joe Rogan and and Hello Internet and Sam Harris and just all, right. all these different po- popular podcasts out here, I something I keep hearing a lot is a deep concern, if not inner turmoil, over the eating of meat. Right now. To the point where I feel like I genuinely cannot wrap my, I'll say it, pretty conservative mind around the liberal mind. What is it, let me ask you, mm-hmm. what is it that's so bad about jamming a bunch of hormone-filled syringes into a chicken and making it the size of a pumpkin <laughs> and wonderfully delicious for our obese culture satisfaction <laughs> what's so, and cramming them all into a tight space somewhere in Iowa I mean what's so bad about so that bad. I just I, I like you marvel <laughs> at the level of outrage 
over such a well put and well do you hear it do you hear do you note it do you hear this issue i do and and to my shame this issue really came into focus about three four weeks ago i was walking on the the campus of uh, of a local college Mm -hmm. and um and you know i'm I've always, from since a kid, I've always been observant. Like, mm-hmm. I always see certain things and, mm-hmm. like, think about it. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I, I was kind of looking over at someone who had, like, a little Prius. And I and, and if you have a Prius, chances are oh. you have a sign in the back of the Prius. <laughs> <laughs> you may or may not be a redneck. If... <laughs> <laughs> and the sign in the back of the Prius said, the earth is everything. Ah, yes. I was going to say, the two big issues that I always hear is environmentalism yeah. and clean meat. And clean meat. And and clean meat comes underneath environmentalism. Because, you know, one... So, yes, I've heard the, the clean meat craze. Um, I'm a product of my age, so mm. me and my wife talk a lot about buying lean meat. You mm. know, like, if we buy ground beef, I always talk about, hey, is it 95.5 or... Yeah, you know, but, I, but they mean... When they say clean meat, they mean just no, no meat. animal yeah, suffering. No yeah. animal suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a. I was just kind of talking about a spectrum where you have people who say, "Hey, let's let's eat less, yeah, okay, but gotcha. but better, yeah, so the animals yeah, yeah. are grass fed. Yeah, they're not packed right. in these things or whatever. Right. Okay, gotcha. No hormones and the like. But yes, they're definitely on the no meat craze. Yeah, right. Like right. no meat craze. Right. Um. So, okay. Just. So I don't like are you me. concerned? Are you concerned, concerned about this as a Christian? Honestly, no, I'm not. Me neither. Yeah, it's just <laughs> why like... is that? It's because it's because we're we're not tuned into a real problem, or are we just evil Christians? I think because we have a robust understanding of God's sovereignty, yeah. and I think that for us, the earth isn't everything. Hmm. And one of the reasons why I led with that is if you believe that this world is all it is, all there is, then any anything that is construed as harming your you know this thing that you believe mm. is the only basis of reality mm. then then you will react viscerally towards that mm. despite the evidence mm. um do I think that the things you mentioned <laughs> you cleverly mentioned about <laughs> hormone filled <laughs> animals I think things like that happen, and I think that this is where our friends on the left have been helpful in saying that, listen, the fact that young ladies are having their um, periods earlier mm. and developing right. earlier, sure. and the fact that we have um, 15-year-olds that are 6'7", 240-pound yeah. monsters, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great for basketball, but not great for their bodies. Right, right. And uh, as you mentioned, the obesity level, high blood blood, all these things. Yeah. Yes, I grant all of that. I'm not going to fight against that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. A good kid. I think I try to imagine this. Let's imagine that we have a large audience of liberals, thousands of liberals who feel strongly about this issue listening to us. Mm-hmm. Let's just imagine that. And somebody said, hello, to me, by the way. Yeah. And somebody <laughs> said, and, and one of them shouts from this throng. So please explain to me, Mr. Christian, why this isn't a bigger deal to you. You know, I, I, I've kind of thought about that a little bit. And mm-hmm. I go, okay, here's why. Here's why I think. There's a hierarchy of concerns in this world. And while I would grant to you as a Christian, that I do, we should be good stewards. 
and care about animal suffering, right? I, I, it would not be, to take an extreme example, I wouldn't want a pig slowly pulled apart while it's alive. That just, that's cruel. Yeah, that'd right? be cruel. That's just cruel. That being said, in a world where there's still this thing called abortion, in a world where there are a lot of people still dying of starvation, yeah. and I feel like in a world full of so many other issues, for me, if I make this one of my chief things, chief issues that I'm shouting from the podium, in my mind, it's detracting from these other more pressing issues. Right. Because whatever you make foremost, people will take as foremost. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's foremost. Mm -hmm. Is it something to, to deal with? Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> I don't think, honestly, I don't honestly care, and I don't think it matters that much, even on my Christian worldview, if chickens are a little uncomfortable in a tight space. I just don't think that's a big deal. Mm. Because unlike... You liberals, I have a clear distinction in my mind between an animal and a human. I think there's a real difference. We're made in the image of God. Right. And so ethics don't operate on the same level. It isn't speciesism for me to say this. Mm. It's by divine design. Right. You know, and I hear I want to hearken to quick, quickly say, yeah, we shouldn't go kick a cow on the head repeatedly until it dies. I you, agree. Right. <laughs> I agree. Well. Here's something that that I'll toss out to you. Yeah, let's hear. Let me hear how you would say this. All right. Let's just say you had same said liberals, and let's say you're one of them. Okay. Okay. So you have to you have I, to don the I liberal a, mindset. I'm a Sam Harris. You are Sam Harris. Okay. And I said, um, Mr. Austin Harris. Mm. In your worldview, we are all animals we're all products of right. of um some blind force that that created us mm -hmm. and um and you say that we as humans mm -hmm. should should go meatless you think that's permit you think that's right and permissible ideally yeah ideally as an animal yes would you advocate lions going meatless as well <laughs> right oh just I mean, or or would you advocate that we as humans use our powers to genetically modify meat-eating animals mm -hmm. who also partake of meat by the way um genetically modify them so they um cannot use our powers to genetically modify them so they don't kill other animals mm -hmm. in the same way we have perfected it they don't do the same. So, in other words, yeah. why is it that you are calling me mm -hmm. to give up something that you, as an animal, mm -hmm. that you don't expect or wouldn't try to use your power to get other animals to give up? Yeah, and that's a, and I feel the force of that. I mean, as me, Austin. But if I were Sam Harris, I probably, I'm not sure quite how he'd respond, but I imagine he would say something like this. Okay. But we are creatures that have, are more complex in our intellectual abilities. Mm -hmm. And we, we recognize that we occupy a privileged position with these mm -hmm. big brains of ours and that we can analyze this situation and that we have a greater responsibility from our vantage point mm -hmm. 
to not engage in something that 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 a stupid lion has no idea about and we could never reason with to do otherwise. That's about the best I could. That's, I, I, but I don't think that's very convincing. I don't think that's convincing, and here's why: I don't think it's convincing because atheism and and he, atheism, secular humanism, and Darwinianism mm-hmm. has has convinced itself that even though we might have larger brains mm-hmm. at root, we are still like animals. Well, we are animals. We we are way. animals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and so therefore. Whatever base instincts that we have, mm-hmm. like in the same way an animal, one animal can go and have as much mm-hmm. sex as they want mm-hmm. with different animals with mm-hmm. no repercussions. Mm-hmm. Well, forcefully copulate. Forcefully, forcefully <laughs> right. copulate. rape in our terminology. Exactly. Um, we should be able to do the same thing, but slightly modified. All right. So, so let's take like the sexual ethic. Mm. Of course, we as a society, we um, even Sam Harris and atheists would say, yeah, of course, rape is wrong. Mm. But we should be able to have sex with whomever we want without any sort of guilt attached to it, right? Mm. With as many women mm. as we want, if you're a male, and as many men as you want as a woman. But there, there are barriers to that. Now, how dare you not mention homosexuality and, and homosexuality <laughs> as well? Why, why wouldn't I'm a I take? Still, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't I take the same approach to meat eating? Right. Well, yeah. I... Why? Why wouldn't I just eat meat? Maybe that is that's clean because I do agree right. that the potential of that the potential of um, using hormones is is harmful. Not right. just in not just in um, meats, by the way, uh, but in in vegetables and yeah. fruits. Right. And and if if we're all talking about the same life forms, what about vegetarians and right. their sure you know their unregulated consumption of of food like plant-based food and the destructive force that that happens on farmlands like at what yeah. point here i mean and i'm just asking well have you heard them discuss that because no. everything is just like meat eaters but what about the vegetarians because they put a lot of stress on i mean on as well yeah i, I I don't. I don't know. I mean, I usually just hear it is a problem. Animal suffering is not good. Right. Uh, we should not do this. Like, in other words, a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, they're con- many are convinced that they're going to look back on our way of culture and they're going to think how barbaric these people were. Because Every generation it, does. Sure, and they're th- they think that's going to happen with this animal issue. But see, for me, for me, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. If you don't come back to first principles, right? Then, because when I hear someone who really believes say that this is wrong in a godless universe, having thought through the question of ethics and the ground of ethics, and as someone who is absolutely convinced that if there is no God, then anything goes. Any everything is human preference. It's just competing preferences. It's like a game. We all just make different rules to this game according to our own preferences. But they're rooted in nothing else beyond what's happening in these little neurological neurological synapses between our ears. That's it. There's no objective really right or wrong. So why should I really care about some dumb chicken? Uh Why? Well, I... know. I, and here's what I would say on this. Mm-hmm. And here's why I partly 
I want to modify mm-hmm. those uh, those friends that we have on the left mm-hmm. who have a legitimate concern. When God created man and woman, mm-hmm. he gave us an awesome responsibility of being his vicegerents here on earth. True. Right? right. And, and that is in the form of exercising dominion. Yeah. And I think that our... Uh, we we know that the fall has impacted our ability to do that rightly. We we become yeah. over consumers. Sure, um, we're we're driven by greed. Mm-hmm. We're driven to to destroy rather than to right. create and build. Right. Up, right, treat things like pure utility. Exactly. And and so what a Christian does is a is a Christian could come to this conversation and said, okay, um, I agree that we have an ethical responsibility. The the Bible gives us an ethical right. responsibility to care for animals in the best possible way. In other words, the reason you feel yeah. justifiably so right. the way you do is because you are living in God's world. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Right. But I but I would say that because of that, then. Really, I think I think what you and I are saying, and you could correct me on this, really what we're saying is, listen, I, I would not take a chicken, for the, for the sake of taking a chicken, mm. and put 20 chickens in a little chicken coop, right. stick them full of, you know, just, just right. to torture them. Like, we wouldn't no, do that. That's it's right. It's cruel. It's cruel. But <clears throat> if there are human beings that are starving to death, right. and they need food, meat... Mm-hmm. And vegetables, mm-hmm. in a in a in a quick fashion, so mm-hmm. that we could provide for them. Then yes, our our methods for for increasing production mm-hmm. might be a little sloppy, mm-hmm. but to the end that it serves in protecting and advancing human life. Because we would say yes, that's more important. Because we're called to love neighbor self. Yes. Not animal self. No, very good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a clear distinction. Yeah. In other words, there's a hierarchy here. Yeah. In the same way that I would go, I just got done at my house spraying with toxic chemicals three wasp nests. And That's you go, manly. Whoa. <laughs> and it was very barbaric in some sense, right? It's like, oh, these poor wasps and their little homes and little yeah. baby wasps. I just doused in poisonous goo. Uh-oh. And you go, no, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Now, <laughs> the reason, what's the difference between those wasps and a cow? Well, in some sense, a cow or a dog or whatever is more sentient, right? So I am going to treat them a little differently than I would the wasp, yeah. right? So that's why that's why I wouldn't be cruel <laughs> when in the slaughtering process. Right. And that's why, you know, I, I, I don't kick my dog if I had one. I just I wouldn't do that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But th- all that being said, I would absolutely eat my dog before I would my kid. Oh yeah, I, like that's <laughs> like you know that's you know, you know like when you read in the book of yeah you know, I I can't remember which book it is but when it talks about Israel start you know Israel sinned against the Lord and they're being encamped against and people are eating yeah, yeah you know, like the first yeah. to go is like the animals yeah. and then after that it just devolves into into yeah. lunacy and sinfulness. Yeah. But um, but I, I agree with you. I would I would eat Crosby and Jack in a heartbeat. <laughs> your dogs, not <laughs> yeah, your children. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's right. The people listening don't know that Crosby and Jack are my dogs. Well, which one? Crosby's the big one, right? He'd uh, feed you well. Well, Jack is the big Jack's one. And yes, the big one. he he would feed you well. <laughs> He's a big dog. He has huge ribs. I mean, so uh, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to talk about this with you just yeah. a little bit because 
I'm just amazed that this is such a pressing issue for right. the people on the left. And I just want to go, hey, guys, I hear what you're saying. Right. But I think you're borrowing capital from our worldview in order to stoke the fires of your justified outrage. Right. But I think you might want to temper that justified outrage when, as of right now, you would be fine to say that a woman has a right to destroy the life within her. That that doesn't compute in my mind right. at all, right. <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, you know, I think we can bridge these things here. We just have to we just have to work these things out yeah. and massage our worldviews and our priorities. And I think we can get along. And I doubt anybody will agree with that. But there it is. I, I mean, and I agree with you. I recently heard of, of an amazing lecture from Veritas Forum. Hmm. Um, and one, and, and maybe I, I could direct my audi- our audience to this, maybe in the show notes. Okay. But the, the guy made the point, he said, listen, anything that you and I do has a, a, both a positive and negative impact at the same time. Mm. So even those who advocate for eating quinoa and saying, okay, you should eat more quinoa. What the quinoa. heck is quinoa? Uh, quinoa is this like grain. Okay. <laughs> are you? I don't know what like, quinoa is. Oh man, like this. You think like you think um, lean meat or or no meat or whatever. Like quinoa is the biggest thing on the planet among vegetarians. See, I just get the biggest grain. juiciest burger I can find. <laughs> well, they do have quinoa burgers. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> but quinoa is is a particular grain, and it's kind of hard to describe. To me, it looks like I don't know. I. It, it's like the spongy green. You cook it, and it, it's, it starts off as these little pebbles, and when you cook it, it fluffs out, and you're supposed to fluff it out, and you put it on salads. You can eat, Most people make a salad out of it um, by putting beans and lemon juice and all okay. this stuff inside of it. Right. But, uh, but it's supposed to be incredibly healthy for you. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The more quinoa our society consumes, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. the healthier we get. But the farmers who would often farm quinoa mm. now, um, because of the increased quinoa consumption by mm. develop, you know, developed countries, are taking away all of his quinoa mm. and giving him money. Mm. And the only thing he has left are burgers and fries <laughs> and food <laughs> deserts. Yeah. So his once healthy source of mm. nutrition is being taken away from him. And instead, he's given all of our dross. And it's not just with quinoa, but it's with fruits and vegetables and like. The more we increase fruits and vegetables into our diet, mm. you know, be, because they can't overtill the land, there's, there's a finite amount of land, which, make, which means a finite amount of resources. The more we take those resources from him, the only thing that's left behind is, again, our, you know, donuts our um, hamburgers and cheese and all of that. Mm. And so his point is we often stand in this self-righteous mode and think that just because we don't eat meat, Mm. then, you know, we're doing the world a favor. But he says, whereas there are good benefits to that, you have to realize that you're hurting somebody else with that behavior. Right. Right. There's always a give and take. Exactly. And so for that, there needs to be humility. Mm. And he's a Christian, actually, hmm. and I think I think that was a very wise way hmm. to approach a situation. Hmm. Like we have to understand that no matter what position we take, we're do we're doing some good, but there's a negative consequence to it. So, final question for this segment for you: mm-hmm. Yes or no? 
will eat meat in the new heavens and new earth. I say, yeah. Give me some steak. <laughs> Do you think it will be as a result of killing an animal? Do I think it would be a result of killing an animal? Um, no. Okay. So, so in your mind, killing animals in the new heavens and new earth will not be a thing. Yes. Okay. I think we're agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's, you want to go to our final section? Yeah, let's do it. Was right. it the Book of Thunks? The Book of Thunks. What is this? Oh, man. Um, you want a break? Yeah, let's break. Okay. Dennis, it's called the Book of Thunks. The Book of Thunks, like T H U N K S. Very good, yeah. Thunks, the Book of Thunks. Isn't that like somebody at Planet Fitness who's lifting weights and being too loud or something? Yeah, a thunk, like a hunk. Of, uh, I don't. What yeah. is thunk? Well, uh, the authors describe a thunk um, is a beguiling beguilingly simple-looking question about everyday things that stops you in your tracks and helps you start looking at the world in a whole new light. So is it think plus stump? Maybe. Like, I don't know the origin of of the word, um, but um, uh, thunk, they they don't actually say where the etymology comes from. Would they make it up? I don't know. I don't know if they made it up as much as, um, you know, like I. I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's the past, yeah. um, past parsable of think um, yeah. to thunk something. Perhaps. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you that's it. I thunk it. Yeah. Like I thunk it. They're just playing with. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're right. Um, You're because right. in, because I remember in, in Doctor Zeus's uh, Grinch song, it's. It's it's um stink stank stunk yeah and so perhaps they're like think, I don't know thought thunk yeah thinking thought thunk <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess but I mean they don't they don't go into it but yeah so a uh, thunk <laughs> I can't believe we just did that that's such a, like a nerdy thing to do just now <laughs> I want to know the etymology of thunk I want to know the etymology of thunk now. Make me happy. So what is this thing? So uh, okay, so yeah, so thunk is just um, so let, let's let's throw out some thunks. Okay, so to these, get people these started. Questions. These yeah. questions. These beguiling questions. All right. Okay, based on our last topic, Uh-oh. here's a question for you. Okay. Is it worse to slap a child or torture a cat? Well, depends on the context. Okay. Because I have slapped <laughs> my children. <laughs> On the butt, <laughs> on the butt, yeah. <laughs> but if they, I, I, let's take it that they mean slap a kid in the face. Yeah. Oh, let's make it. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I see where these questions are going now. I mean, <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! Because because this is a question of degrees in both sense, right? Yeah. Because the child we would say is of a higher degree. 
than right. a cat. Right. But of, but, but of course, the degree of inflicted pain yeah, is less for the child and more for the cat. Yeah. So it's such a clever, like, you know, beguiling question. I mean, <laughs> what kind of torture are we talking? <laughs> are we talking like misery, the movie Misery, like Hobbler kind of torture? Ooh. Or like... We're talking about like Saw oh, or okay. you horrible know, like medieval, like oh. The Rock. Um, I mean, th- I've, I would put this. I would put th- this kind of in the category of. <laughs> have you heard atheists throw up? Would you rape someone in, in order to save the world from an alien attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you rape someone? Yeah, yeah. And I'd be. I would say no. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so what would be? It's your... not on me. So, in this situation, <laughs> I just feel like. I, I think both are sinful. Right. So I feel like I have to just say no. Well, the question is, what is worse? Like yeah, you're, worse? yeah. Like not if you would do it, but what in your probably t- sawing up a cat. Yeah. Probably because it just it shows that you're just so demented. What do you mean? Slapping a baby though? Like that's... No, a baby. It could be a child. I mean... Or a child. Sorry. Yeah, a child. Slapping a child. Like... Let's make it worse. Okay. Slapping a a happy child who has done nothing wrong and you just haul off a nail of If it's that... That's well, horrible. Well, let's make it even more worse for the cat. Let's say this is... Let's say this is a therapeutic cat. Let's say this is a therapeutic cat that brings calming bliss oh. um, to a, you know, an autistic child. <laughs> I mean, my brain, Which I feel like it's worse? genuinely grinding to a halt. It's like, I can't, I can't say, but I guess if I had to, it'd be like, oh my goodness. I mean, if it's like a really hard slap, I, I just couldn't do that. Okay. I just couldn't do it. All right, but if I mean, it's a, if it's a bratty kid who just smarted <laughs> off, yeah, okay, that makes it easier, yeah, right? It easier. Yeah, I, I mean, on on face value, what what's worse? Yes, obviously, there's a ton of things not in here, mm-hmm. but but generally, I don't know. I mean, I would have to agree that torturing, like like let's let's take the mildest form of each word like let's i've seen people openly like their kids said something that was really inappropriate or really Mm -hmm. mean and they like tapped their 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 kid like they they slapped them but it was like just a pop it wasn't like they hauled off and i've had my mouth slapped yeah i mean (laughs) i've had it too i i I remember sitting down and and i remember thinking yeah i deserve that i deserve that um, but there's really like, is there a mild form of torture that still just that's isn't the thing? Cruel? Is not really. I mean, if no. you're like sawing off a cat's limbs, I mean, or you're, like you're, plucking out their fur. I mean, you're messed. That's, yeah, you're that's really messed yeah. Up. So I I would say torturing a yeah, cat okay. just right. because the degree, even if you lessen the degree, it's still bad. Is this how all these questions are going to be? <laughs> no, some of them are not. Uh, some of them are not that. But I just, I just put that out there oh, because I knew that one was going to definitely. A, that's, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Mm-hmm. Should we thank our parents? Um, should we thank our parents for our being who we are? Should we thank them for our being who we are? So, in other words, yeah. Okay. So you say yes. Yeah. Okay. Now. Now I don't think the people that wrote this are Christian, mm. but um, how would you answer that given what you know about 
God's sovereignty. Yeah, and, right. And I mean, his, obviously, you know. I was providentially placed mm-hmm. where I was placed, and yeah. that you know, no, there's no perfect parent on the planet. Yeah, but there's still always going to be, uh, except for extreme cases. But if I'm thinking of my own, right. then yeah, of course, I would thank them because. God used them to form who I am. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That so, was simple. That yeah, was simple. that was pretty I, good. I, and I, I agree with that. Dude. Yeah. How oh, this one? A little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> Is it ever right to bully a bully? Oh, yes. What? I'm surprised that you said yes. If I... I've, well, my, if my <laughs> wife is listening, she's going to laugh because... <laughs> I was bullied a lot in middle school, and so I have this visceral reaction towards to, bullies. To build bullies. Yeah. So much so that I, if I were going to say one of my, I have to be really careful weaknesses, is if I see someone bullying someone, particularly one of my kids, but just any bullies, I get in their grill. Yeah. And if you call that bullying, then I say, oh, yeah, I get in their grill. Yeah. But if that's not called bullying... If it means just stooping to their level and just being, even then, I probably would, yeah. (laughs) Well, let me rephrase the question. Is it ever appropriate to sinfully deal with a sinner? No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Is is it holy and righteous to do that? Yeah. No, it's not. Of course not. You know, but is it... Let me put it this way. Can it be effective? <laughs> That's two separate questions. I remember. I got to tell you a story. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I got to tell you a story. So there was this guy who was our neighbor, and he had a son who was, I think, in, he was in and out of jail. Okay. Oh. He was a bad dude. Oh, yeah. And we had this back lot on our property. I hope I can say, I think my dad would be okay with me telling this. Because <laughs> I got this from my dad. It was handed down for sure. <laughs> Love you, dad. Um, so anyway, there's this, we had about almost three acres of land, I think. And then on this back lot, there was, there was this guy with his girlfriend. He was hanging out there and smoking and just kind of squatting and oh, just being a yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, anyway, my, my dad said something. And this guy got kind of, kind of, Kind of crappy with them. Really? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember all the details, so forgive me if the details are wrong. But I remember there was some instance where this guy was on his property, and he was making kind of a stand. <laughs> <laughs> and if you knew my dad, he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's very intimidating. So when he, when he, we, my, my, I have a good friend called Matt Rush where he, he said, man, your dad can turn into a he goes into dragon mode, you know, where it's like he gets very protective. Yeah. And he gets up to that guy and he gets real quiet and he says, you know, I know there's places out in these woods hereby. I could cut you up into a lot of pieces and hide you. No one would find you. Oh my goodness. And he's saying it like dead serious. In other words, get off my property. And if I see you on here again, there's going to be problems. Oh my goodness. The dude left. Now, was that bullying a bully? Yeah. Was that, was that holy and righteous? We're going to go with no. But do I still on some kind of. Oh my goodness. Fleshly level admire that I kind of do. Oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now if he actually cut him up into pieces and put him in the woods, that would be really problematic. Oh wow! Oh. All right, so you must All have right. a different take. Yeah. I'm being very honest here. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I think we both would agree it's never 
appropriate or right to sinfully deal with somebody who is being sinful. But is it always sinful to get, let me put it this mm-hmm. way, to get in somebody's grill? No. Okay. You, uh, yeah, the Bible, the, the Bible definitely has a place for confronting sin. Yeah. And, and I, I think what they mean by bullying a bully is, you know, a bully is someone who steals your lunch money or says unkind right. things to you or, you know, pushes you down. Right. And so in order to deal with that bully, you come a bigger fish or whatever yeah, comes, right. takes his money, push him down. and Yeah, and like I that. wouldn't do that. Yeah. But, I, but I would I'd be like, if I see you do that again. Oh, yeah. That's confronting. You may or may not leave injured. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's some. Here's some that's really, really like uh, you know. If you don't want to answer these ones, I'm fine with okay, that. Okay. All right. Do you think people with a serious illness are brave? Do, in other words, do you think no. that an illness or an event confers immediately some kind of moral authority on you? No. No. Okay. That was really quick that you said that. Yeah. I mean, if. If um, if you get the flu, right? Having the flu has uh, there's no moral quality to that. It's right. only how you react. Yeah, and I think I think that it says. Do you think people with a serious illness are brave in that they fight the serious illness? So well, yeah, there's yes. I think there's okay. a certain amount. Okay, if it's put like that, yeah. I, I would definitely say. Yeah, people who are f- fighting cancer, as right. it were, and you would say that's just as brave as say a fireman no. who runs in, or someone on the battlefield who runs to get his buddy no. out of a firefight. No, I I have an escapist mentality. I have I tend towards. There's a lot of men I think they would fall into this category yeah. that kind of bury their head in the sand because they don't want to face all the medical treatments. Yeah, so I would say it would require a certain measure of bravery. To face up to that and then set your chin like flint and be like, okay, I guess I'm going to do chemo, you know? Yeah. I think that does because I would I would be personally tempted to just be like, all right, ride's over. I don't want to do all this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bring me home. Bring me <laughs> I home. I mean, do you? Uh, where do you land? <laughs> um, I, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think that inherently it makes you brave. Um, I know that our society says so, like the mm, press and various yeah, things, it's cast yeah. like that. Or the the broader picture is if you have undergone something some, something tr- traumatic, like right. if you were a part of a school shooting, right. now you have more moral authority yeah, than I just, someone who studies school shootings yeah. or, you know, I like I just don't equate the two. No, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. Like just like how... If I had brain surgery, yeah. that doesn't make me a moral authority on having brain surgeries or me being able to uh, to tell people how to do successful brain surgeries or necessarily I'm overly brave because I allowed them to crack my skull open and fix what's in it. Yeah, I yeah, I, I just I see a disconnect. Yeah, yes. I do I do see a disconnect. All right. Can um is taking pity on someone a good thing? Oh. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I, what would be controversial about that? Well, what would be controversial on that is pity is often seen as a negative thing. Um, you know, like you pity someone, so they're, therefore, um, you know, that causes you to do something good for them. Like, it, okay, it's kind of like the argument that something that's that's like big now in the literature is, is that 
the case against empathy. Like you're not uh, supposed to mm-hmm. empathize with people. You're supposed to sympathize. Yeah, with them. sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I have heard that conversation. Yeah. Which I think is a good conversation. Cause I hear even Christian counselors say that Christians are to empathize with yeah. people as Jesus empathized with people. But do you equate empathy with pity? Um, in some sense. Really? Yeah. Because, okay. Like I like the distinction where, where the Bible clearly says that, um, Jesus um, has sort of mercy on us, mm-hmm. not just not empathy, but, um, you know, he when Jesus looks at you and I, he has mercy on us mm-hmm. or not. What's the opposite of em- like it's empathy. And then there's um, uh, when you uh, when you kind of look at somebody and you you see them, you might have to cut this out because now I'm blanking completely. So it's uh, empathy. I can't remember. So it's empathy. You're talking about the antonym. Well, not the antonym, but something similar to empathy. It begins with P. Um, hmm. Poy. This is this is rough. I can't think of the word. Not, it starts with a P. You're sure it starts with a P. Oh, now I'm not sure now. But it's not empathy. It's the other one where, where like, if I see somebody, I have mer- not mercy. It's not pity because pity is like empathy. But yeah. you have... Towards somebody, <laughs> not empathize, but oh, oh, let me man. look it up. Really. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is gonna bother me. I'm sure the listeners are like, I know the word. Hey, You're so stupid. I neither one of us can think of it. Sympathy. What the? Oh, yeah, like sympathy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, I thought I thought you said that. Did I? Did I not say that? You did. Okay. Earlier, yeah, you said sympathy. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought you were shooting for a different word. Oh, no, 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 no. So I'm talking about sympathy and mm-hmm. empathy. Okay. <clears throat> the Bible says that Jesus sympathizes with, our, mm. with us. And that's diff- different. Sympathy has this idea that you're standing outside looking into the situation. Mm-hmm. And because you have that ability, you can then um, react with clarity over toward the situation. Okay. Empathy is putting yourself into the shoes of that person. Sure. Um, which, you know, even though the Bible says that Jesus came and, and became like us, Mm. he didn't become us, Mm. which is, which is slightly different. He didn't become a sinful humanity. He didn't start sinning with us and, you know, doing all that stuff. Sure. So I guess I kind of view taking pity in the same vein as empathy or taking pity in the same vein as just something completely negative. All right. Yeah. All right, here's another one. Okay. Uh oh. If you could take a pill that would make you always happy, would you? If you could take something that would always make you happy. Um if if it were if it were like a high, no. Okay. If it were just a natural disposition? Uh-huh. I mean, no, I wouldn't because I don't I think that's for God to work out mm-hmm. because I can imagine scenarios where it just depends because alongside the happiness, can you experience, can you grieve with someone else? Because it would be very, in one sense, horrible to not be able to feel the the pain of something that you ought to feel pain for. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a that's a good way. I of wouldn't at it. want if I lost someone in my family mm-hmm. to just then be happy clappy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
there, there's an appropriate gravity and sobriety and grief that yeah. goes along with that. But if we're just going to if we're going to go back to my hedonism, of course, yeah, I just want to be happy. So, yeah. I'm probably That's a tough one. What do you think? Well, I think. Um, yeah, I mean I mean, the answer is yes, right? I mean, the answer is yes. I mean, I know people, of course, you know, you have people that take medication yeah. so they wouldn't be sad, right? Right. right. Like, they, we actually have happy pills. Um, yeah, kind of. You think of the antidepressants and stuff? Like, I mean, antidepressants. kind of I'm not sure they make you happy. They just maybe make you be able to get out of bed. Yeah, less sad. Yeah. Um, so there's there's still there's a conception in my mind of something that does that, but I think your point is well received that I would not want to remove myself from the full range of emotions that God has given, especially in this current structure. Yeah, I mean obviously there's going to come a time when we all are given the happy pill. Was, yeah, I was I was I was getting there, right? Like yeah, there's going to yeah. no more crying, yeah. no more weeping. No more sorrow, no more death, no yeah. more any of these things. So so obviously the right answer is to want to go yes. yes. I just don't think man is the one to give that pill. Oh. Yeah. I I agree with you. No. I agree with you. All right, are you are you in the mood for a few more? Oh, I have a one, one, one more. One. one more good Ooh, one. So or you, means... oh, if you got two. Okay, if you got two, you well, can Well, I mean, where are we at on time? We're about an hour. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's just so much good ones. Okay, can I... Is it cheating if you're playing a game and you don't know the rules? Uh, and like... And like you oh, just this said, is pushing a button. Like for yeah, me. can can I cheat if I don't know the rules? No, you can't cheat <laughs> if you don't know the rules. <laughs> it just drives me crazy because I've played games. Don't you hate it when somebody introduces you to a game, and then you make a move? You're like halfway through the game, and they're like, "Oh, you can't do that. I uh-huh. forgot to tell you that rule." And you're like, "Okay, well, I would never think to myself, oh, 'Oh, I'm cheating.' It's like, yeah. no, you're just a poor rule explainer." <laughs> What say you? Yeah. Um for like I think the question assumes that I'll be playing a game I don't understand how to play, which yeah. is not my character. Yeah. Like I need to know how to play something right. before I even start. But having said that, there there have been times in which I've been playing a game where the rules were loosely defined. Yeah. And I started I took liberties not in an effort to cheat, but I I didn't like I was with a group of people and they're like yeah we kind of we kind of like go loosey goosey right. with the rules, and then like I I started doing things and they're like yeah you can't really do that and then I'm like okay see I fine. connect to the word cheating intentionality yeah you yeah. know what I mean yeah. when people cheat there's subterfuge at play there's yeah. there's planning there's intentionality yeah that I would just call you made an error. Like, you just, you didn't play right. Yeah. But I wasn't cheating. You weren't cheating. Yeah, yeah. All right, how about this one? Mm -hmm. If I swapped hearts with you, (laughs) would you still be you and me still be me? A heart? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. What about brains? No. Really? Yeah. I mean... That's interesting that you say that. I mean, how... the I mean, if you swapped brains too much of me in terms of memory 
I mean, I guess you're it, you start thinking what what is it that makes a the person a person? I mean, we're embodied spirits, yeah, and that embodiment yeah. is a lot in the brain. Yeah, you know, and and we do, uh, you know, people do heart transplants and they're still yeah. like the same, but there's never been a brain transplant. And what I what I understand of the brain is that <sighs> our memories are embedded in the the grooves yeah. and the folds. So, so I, I mean, that movie Get Out. I mean, this yeah. is the idea, right? Is that they were moving their brains into you know those. Uh, those young guys. Oh, yeah, man. That was the idea behind it. Well, I have a... This isn't a book of Thunk's question, but yeah. if somebody were to clone you, would that clone end up being you? I like mean, you? It, yeah. If, yeah. This is, kind of, this is kind of like the uh, Star Trek teleporter <laughs> yeah, yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Because if it made an exact yeah. duplication of me down to the atoms, right. then... Yeah, I would presume. I don't know how the soul works, so yeah, I just know we're embodied spirits. And okay, so so how does the soul work? If I could answer that question, I could answer that question. Yeah, I I I have I have now come to the position, and I we'd need to revisit the Star Trek mm-hmm. question and see what I said. But I now come to the position that it, I will not be the same person because my clone would have not had the same experiences. That have made me who I am. But would the clone think it has had those experiences? Now, the clone might think it has had those experiences only if it is made aware. Yeah, because it would have the memories. It would have... Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, what if you had a memory? (laughs) What if you have a memory of something you don't remember experiencing? Right. Right. Because our memories are not just tied into things... That we quote unquote can visualize, yeah. but what we've experienced. Yeah. It, it, so yeah. it might have my memory, but it doesn't get a it doesn't make that connection with a lived experience. Yeah, I mean, when you, well, I was listening to two. It was a Veritas. Yeah, and there was two um, oh, neuro, uh, neuroscientists, mm-hmm. and somebody asked them the question: How much do we know about the brain? And one guy said he just laughed. He said. <laughs> he's like not even one percent and the other guy was like not even point one percent and so you go what when we try to think of the like what is consciousness uh, it is such a perplexing question mm. like i have no idea what is spirit dennis I mean, what is spirit and how does it really interface with this fleshy thing in my skull such that I can tweak this thing in my skull with chemicals or damage, and it will change me. Yeah. So what is my sp- – I have no idea. You know, it's interesting. I, I recently heard a podcast on something that might touch on this a little bit. Hmm. They had, a, they had a, 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 a patient who had like a stroke, I think, or yeah. something happened to him in mm-hmm. which his brain was intact. But he had lost portions of his brain. Hmm. Like he had, he, they they had to remove portions of his brain because of something that happened. Well, he had these memories. Like for instance, he had someone they told him was his wife, mm-hmm. and he believed that and knew that. But um, uh, it, oh, it was in the book Power of Habit. 
Okay. Um, the the power of habit, and they he talked about how, and they studied his him, and they they said, you know, um, this is your wife, but he couldn't remember. He, he kind of remembered okay. that there was a woman that was his wife, but he couldn't remember experiencing like you know. But he wasn't sure that was really her. But that he wasn't sure that was really her, hmm. and he had very short term memory as well. So hmm. you would literally tell him something, and then he'd forget it. <sighs> but what they found is that. Awful. He would leave the house. His wife would take him out for walks. And after she did that about 200, 300 times, he would actually leave the house, even though he had terrible short-term memory, go go around the same route that they had and come back home. Yeah. And what they realized is that your brain had the power to form habits, Mm -hmm. even though it didn't have the power to retain memory. Right. And I think I think that's an entrance into the soul that there's there's some aspect of the soul that is necessary for reality that's connected with reality that's independent from your actual body. Yeah, well, what is it? <laughs> I, all I could say it's immaterial. Yeah. That's as best as I could do. Because I can't even conceptualize. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think only in terms of space and time and physicality. Yeah. I mean, you, I can kind of think, oh, like a number or like a concept like justice. But I still can't think of justice in the abstract. I always imagine it like playing out in this world. So it's like, I don't know. It's yeah. such a bizarre thing. It's yeah. such a bizarre thing. It, it is. It is pretty. Um, it is pretty bizarre. Well, I think maybe <laughs> I might stop there. <laughs> um <laughs> But there's some of these questions that are that are just um, like this one: Can a blind person be racist? Um, <laughs> yes. You know, like, like can, can a blind person be racist? I would say, yeah, really, because I'm yeah. thinking to myself, like, racism is just one of those things where it is predicated on, like, so much of it is predicated on a flesh. But but I would yeah. say, yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, think about it. Um, let's say a kid grew up. In, in a very racist home, yeah. he would just connect the concept. Like, let's say they were really racist, racist against Latinos. He wouldn't know the Latinos in front of him, as it were. But as mm-hmm. soon as someone told him you're talking to a Latino, all those belief structures would kick in. All those racist belief structures. I could see that. Well, how about this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> can Steve, Can someone like Stevie Wonder lust after a beautiful woman? I think so. Really? Oh, yeah. A lot like lust after a beautiful woman. Well, okay, right. I mean, a woman's voice wouldn't be her physical features. Yes, but it that voice could be sensual to him. Oh yeah, yeah, and in that way, yeah, it can. But obviously, without touching her face, no. Yeah, and and even if he could touch her face, so what? Like, well, that would form. I think, don't they say that that kind of lets them form like a? I, I mean, I, I've heard of that, but at the end of the day, yeah. like you know, I could, I, I could some like I, I suppose Stevie Wonder has had people that's that touch their faces like this is the face of a beautiful person. Yeah, and so if he touches a face that's similar to that, he says, "Oh, this is what everybody says is beautiful, and beautiful is obviously good," and and I guess. But I mean, at the end of the day, so much of that is still so visual. It is for sure. Yeah. Though I wonder, 
I still wonder how many cons. I don't know how the a blind person's mind works mm-hmm. with, because we can't help. I can't help but form images or like connect thoughts with images in some way. So in other words, I imagine imagine he's reading a book, and, and I'm sure you've had this too. You read a book and it's describing a beautiful person. Yes. How how would that work in his mind? Because I would say that a a person could lust off of a description, of a literary description, which is never visual technically. It's mental. It's mental formulation. It's mental formulate like but most most of us that are seeing mm-hmm. lust off pre stored images. Sure. So for us we can't apply the same standard to somebody who was born blind. Right. I don't know how they. How do they? How do they? Yeah. How do they conceptualize sexiness? I I think you're on to something by appealing to other, appealing to other, um, aspects of the senses, like hearing a yeah. voice that makes you feel a certain way, right. or touching a particular yeah. um thing that makes you feel a certain way, um, or being touched. Yeah, or even just forms of speech, uh, turns of phrases. Yeah, I mean, but but would would a description of her hair mean anything to a blind person? He probably or she would probably only think in terms of what they've smelled and touched. Yeah, like smells, certain smells yeah. too. So I I don't know. I mean, I, that we, we need a blind person. We on need- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting concept. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to be preaching on the subject of lust here yeah. this Sunday. And as I think about it, I'm like, you know, I, the Bible seems to equate Jesus. It seemed to equating uh, be equating the emotional and inward disposition of lust to the outward action. Mm. And and that you know, there's some people that try to say, well, you know, maybe he's talking about the 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 seventh commandment here with, um, you know, when you talk about committing adultery versus the tenth commandment. Mm. But then he says he says clearly he's you know he he says clearly that what he has in view is that if you lust after a woman, you commit adultery. Not you right. commit the sin of coveting. You commit flat out adultery. Right. So, so you can't get from underneath that. So, what is adultery? Mm. Is adultery is the sin of adultery in your heart similar to just getting angry? How getting angry is a sin without you actually having to mm. punch somebody in the face? Mm. Is that is you know? Since he talks about that in the Beatitudes, is it like that? Mm. Like, what is the seat of lust that would make Jesus say it's the same? Mm. Um, maybe he has James' conception. Mm. Of where, you know, desire. that like that desire, it says bears fruit, but James doesn't say what fruit. Mm-hmm. The fruit could be that you commit the physical act, but the fruit could be where you just stew on it and it changes you and different things like that. So it's kind of maddening to try to figure out maybe in what sense can um, hmm. Stevie Wonder lust after a Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a really interesting... I mean... In some way, you'd have to ask someone whose brain is is conceptualizing reality in a very peculiar way from that of our own. I don't know. I'd have to think about that more. 
Yeah. In fact, I'd like to think about that more. I want to think about what, how the people lost. <laughs> Maybe not that. <laughs> that like a great topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to create a create an occasion for you to sit. Although I'm with Owen here. I think I think if we if we are going to modify um mortify the sins of the flesh, we we better study sin. Mm. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. That's actually tying in what I'm doing on Sunday school. So this oh, is yeah. interesting. We're both we're both in this realm of the anatomy of sin. Yeah, <laughs> we're like Gray's Anatomy, like uh, trying to draw the little sinful things. Here. Well, as brother, as always, thank you. Yeah, this is good. This yeah. is fun. I yeah. love the Book of Thunks. Yeah, it's yeah, like an enjoyable. Yeah, thing. yeah. You should you should get a copy. It's such like my wife and I have just like I've been reading through them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just silly and and like self-evident mm. but there are some of them you just like yeah that's wow that cat torture one man that's still <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd like them when I was reading through oh, I was like you know man, what that's a rough one but it's it's so perfect because yeah. I love things that play on degrees yeah like you know like you know I just absolutely love that one those are I'd go back to our previous episode <laughs> sin creates conundrums oh man <laughs> oh man well, as always, please uh, continue to listen and leave comments. Let us know what you've been thinking about the podcast. Share it with a friend um, and get them to listen to it. If you have any questions, just ask us. Um, you know, uh, and and maybe we'll address it on the podcast. That'd Austin, do uh, you have anything fun. to say to lead us out? No, I'm looking forward to playing Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll end there. That's awesome. <laughs>